Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Swede, welcome to the Career Musician Podcast, my friend. I want to say we probably met once, twice, maybe three times tops, but we've known each other forever. We've worked on a lot of the same projects, so I'm finally glad to have you here, my friend. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a long time coming, but it looks like I made it on here. And it was a couple yeah. of things. I think there was one time that we had to reschedule on our part. So sorry for that. Glad to have you here. And like you said, man, we just did some on the spot troubleshooting. Isn't that the life of a musician, man? Isn't that what we're always doing? That's right. You got to be ready for anything at any time, actually. And it seems like my headphones are working now. So let's see if I may make it through the hour here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds great, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for the new year, what I'm really trying to do here with the podcast is get to the nitty gritty of what other musicians are trying to accomplish. Because people like yourself and myself and all of our colleagues and peers and lots of people around the globe who are successful as full-time musicians, the mission is to share our knowledge of how to do that with a bunch of other people who are aspiring to do the same thing. Okay. So in, in light of I'm trying to be really laser focused. So the first thing I want to ask you is how, what was the trajectory of how you got from being a musician to an actual full-time employed career musician? Like how, what was that path like? This happened in a few different ways. Half my drive, half my life I was playing drum, but I got into it at a really early age. And uh, I was 15 years old, actually, when I got my first gig. And uh, I was still at school. And I answered an ad in the paper. So I got my first paying gig when I was 15 years old. In my first session, I was playing drums. I was out on tour. The band was picking me up uh, in a, with a tour bus at school. My school ended and then we would go and play for the weekend or whatever. So, I mean, that, to answer that ad in the paper, well, that's how it was then. It was look at the ads in the paper and looking for a drummer. So I took the bus into town and I had a friend with me and I jammed with this band. And it's almost like the first time I really jammed with someone. 
Wow. <laughs> they knew how to play at that point. So that that was with the drums, with the actual writing songs and compose and sing songs and things like that was about 20 years ago. And I had a friend that was working on one of the shows called Jag. And he kind of got me the first song in that he was working on set and they were looking for a specific song. And uh, so I got that gig and kind of went on from there. So those are the two kind of major things for me. But there's ups and downs, of course, and it's an adventure that continues to this day and you kind of try to keep moving forward. That's right. So it sounds like the first key element is being willing and taking initiative, answering that ad in the paper, picking up the phone, responding to DMs and comments, making sure you stay up with all your communications on a regular basis. Yeah, you create your luck by doing stuff. And we can, we can talk about it, and you can read about it, but it's really about doing. And it's really about doing something. And you never know when it's going to hit you, and you never know when the work is going to come, really, and where it's going to come from. And if you want to really want to do it, and if you want to make music, there's no stopping you. And and there's no choice. So you just continue doing it. And when I started to make, like, I was playing drums for other people first. Sessions and stuff. I never knew really where it would end up. I just wanted to make my own music. What can I create? That's why I started to do that. And I never knew I was going to be on all these shows, whatever. And I just kind of wanted to see what can I make myself because I had been playing drums but to fit your song. I would come in and play drums on this song or that song but then i kind of went for let me see what i can what kind of music i can make been doing that in different directions and in different styles and just being creative and without anybody really telling me what to do actually i've just been kind of doing what i want to do and explore different areas and is anybody is everyone going to like it and no some people are and some people are not you can't control that you can only control what you can control you've got to make your music and you got to put it out there and that's without that, there's nothing. So um, start right. making the music. Yeah, I always like to say that our passion drives us and necessity fuels us. Yeah, and learning really propelled me when it came to recording and using the computer and mixing and doing all that. It was really like learning all these, what does this plugging do? What can I do with a compressor? That kind of stuff. It's a learning really that continues. And that kind of a, really what propels you through it all too. You, you got to, you, you know, want to learn. And that's kind of what I feel propelled me through all this really. And I'm still really don't know anything. Seriously. Guilty so, as charged. <laughs> it's like we're constantly learning, man. Yeah. 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 So that's really, you know, what I've been doing. And it suddenly it really started with somebody was asking me for hip hop. And I had been in a hip hop group in Sweden when I was 18 or something like one of the first hip-hop groups there and but i never really made it myself so i started to dabble with these beats and stuff hey i'm a drummer i love this just creating beats so i went in and suddenly i had one track five tracks ten so i have 200 tracks right and then i'm working with these other people from the in rock bands or whatever let me go in that direction and make a rock record let me explore the electronic stuff i love noise some stuff is beautiful music and some is noise and so let me explore that since and so that's kind of like how i go about it really and then i bring in sometimes 
guitar players. I don't really play guitar, bass players, horn players, uh, singers. I don't sing. I do write lyrics, melodies and things for my songs, but I don't sing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny when we hear it back because I do a scratch track and it's hilarious. Get we all lay on the floor. <laughs> you have to get the idea out. Totally understand yeah. that. And something else that I always say, collaboration really is key, don't you think? It is. It's, it's always great because something else always happens that wouldn't have happened if you did it yourself. That's a fact. And depends on who it is sometimes too. But if it's great, interesting people, it's always going to be great. For me, it's also been great to see what I can do myself. Right. That's a different animal. What can I do myself with what I have? Mm. With my, I don't need to be at, oh, I love to be at Ocean Way or whatever, Capital Records, but I don't... I don't need to be there. What can I do with my place, with my equipment? And that's kind of been another thing for me in these 20 years when I've been doing this. And I've always said, I want to record everything here. I don't want to go anywhere else because I want to do it here to see how I can do this here. So that's what I've been doing all along. Are we going to put the guitar amp in the shower, the old trick with the tile? Are we going to put the horn player in the other room, whatever. All these types of things we've done, rap done, and it's just gives it some kind of flavor, hopefully too. I call it the BS flavor, big sweet, the BS flavor. And I always try to bring, just do it my way. There are no rules. The rules are, there are no rules. There are certain rules, obviously, about sound and things like that, but not really tweak it until it sounds good to you. Because everybody is going to have a different opinion on a mixer, a master, or a song. Choice of instruments, what kind of instruments am I going to put on a song, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's choices, and it's your song yourself. All those choices are yours, and you got to make those choices to get through the song. Song ain't nothing until it's done. So you got to finish these songs, too. That's another thing. you got to try to finish songs um, so, or cues or whatever it is. So you're hitting on some really good key elements here, that some principles that I really adhere to with the career musician. Number one, developing what I call your USN, your unique sonic niche, right? You really develop your sound, your voice, whether you're singer or not, doesn't matter. It's an identifiable sound. So you just explained that. I love that. And then you said you just keep on building tracks. And after a while, you had 200 tracks. And I'm sure now you have way more than that. So you have to, it's another premise that I hold dear is that you have to build your body of work. You have to have a catalog, right? And then you're saying, be true to yourself. What sounds good to you? Because chances are, if it sounds good to you, it's going to resonate with somebody else out there. So if you take all those concepts, which are beautiful, and it's easy to just say that in a three-pronged layout, but doing it, that's the part. I believe that's the difference between a big Swede and somebody who has those same that same vision, but hasn't actually achieved it. You have to physically do it on a daily basis. Now, and that's, the, that's where I want to get to with my next question. What does that look like for you? What, you know, obviously there's some discipline there because you can't just create only when you feel like it. If that were the case, we would never get anything done. I mean, we would just be all over the place. So talk to us about your workflow and a little bit about how you actually have built your body of work. 
Yeah, there, there is no, for me, there's no clock, really. That's, it could be you start a certain hour and you finish at a certain hour. That try to do that more now, actually, the last couple of years. But I would say when I was in downtown for those years, I think I was pounding music for 17 of those years. And it was 24-7. And I just kind of went for it until I crashed. And I was just, I was crazy about it. And I loved it. And I was in the zone. I realized that afterwards, that it really wasn't the zone thing. Is it normal? I don't know if it's normal. But I was just exploring. And I loved it. And I had all these people coming by to play. And I was on the street talking to artists and drug dealers or building owners or hustlers, whoever it was. I got so inspired. So I had this incredible explosion of creativity. So I just went for it and had all these ideas. I used to try to lay it down. I used to try to record. I used to try to do that. I tried to learn how to mix, which I didn't really, had never done before. So it was all new to me. But I saw that you can read about it and you can listen to people, but you really have to go through it yourself because it's always going to, every song is going to be different. And you just have to kind of go through each thing and kind of find out for yourself. So what I did was like, I just went for it the day nonstop. I'm telling you, it, it was great. It was really great. And there was, I don't know if there was a discipline in there. There was just like a want to be creative. So that's kind of the only thing that was, was important to me, to make music. Nothing else was really that important to me. So that's what I did. Now I'm trying to not go all night and into the morning, that kind of a thing that I did before. I was going, it didn't matter what time it was. I was kind of like going around. Now I'm trying to do it more in the regular hours between 8 a.m. and maybe 12 night. Doesn't mean that I'm going to work all that time, but sometimes I might work evening, sometimes I might work days, stuff like that. But I'm not trying not to go past that because I feel now I feel that it affects me in the long run. And it didn't those years. Now I feel that it's better to do it like into up to like midnight, 1 a.m., that kind of thing, if I want to do that. I definitely so, feel that as our body changes, our clocks change, and as yeah. we grow, it, it's just evolution. It's the natural evolution. So, something yeah. I want to ask, though, really interesting. You're from Sweden, which is a big pop music mecca. What brought you to the States? Yeah, I was not a pop. I am not maybe a pop producer in that sense. I was playing drums. Drums was my life. I started with piano when I was seven, mm. okay? My mom got me piano lessons when I was seven because the drum teacher, he was from Argentina, lived in Sweden. He didn't want to take a student until he was 10 years old and could count right. to four or could count. So I started with piano, did all the classical piano and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, drums took me here to L.A. because all the people that influenced me were here and I wanted to learn and hang around there and I wanted to learn everything about drums. I wanted to be a studio drummer. Nice. M my goal was to play any song with any artist at any time, any style, reading or not reading, sight reading, whatever it is. So I went through all the, all the studying and, and Sweden is great, but it didn't have that kind of scene for the players like that. So I went to a PIT in 91, well, 100 years old now. And it was incredible for me. It was amazing. Yeah. Best thing I ever did. And then I went home for a couple of years 
and I played a lot of gigs in Sweden. And then I moved back to LA in 1995. I kind of wanted to be in this energy of music. I moved in 95 and it's been on bass ever since. That's awesome. Okay. So you went to the Percussion Institute, right? Yeah. You get your chops, you go back home, you do a ton of gigs. But this is where I think that a lot of the informing happens. Because now you're a producer composer, I believe all those gigs you did before and after college really helped inform your work as a producer and a composer. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Everything that you do, definitely. It forms you and you're taking from all that or the experiences that you might not even, you're not thinking about it on yeah. a daily basis, but it's there and it kind of gives you the direction to go and things like that. So it's definitely helped me with the, making the music that I'm making because I didn't really study it the way that I studied drums. I studied everything when it comes to drums. Mm. Piano, yes, I did a lot of classical piano when I was really young. Mozart, Bach, Beethoven, all that when I was from 7 to 15. And then I stopped. I started to play, play drums with a punk band when I was 15, and then I was off with the drums. But all that stuff is helping me now. And when I started to make all this music myself, I was like, I'm going to follow my intuition in all these areas more than study everything the same way that somebody else studied, actually. So I'm going a little bit on a, on a, in a different way, but I'm bringing all the classical stuff, all these things, all the styles with the, you know, with the drums, the samba and the Afro-Cuban and the big band and the rock and the this and that. I'm bringing all that into what I'm doing, I think. And so, yeah, that's, that's some of it, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's why I always recommend that people go out and play like they actually do gigs so whatever your primary interest instrument is just get out there and experience things because now you're taking all that experience you mix it in now take that and that's going to bring us to this next point which is the big question right now that everybody wants to know that's all everybody talks about in the music business how do i get my music into licensing for TV, film, and multimedia. And now you've been doing it for a while. Like you said, you got in with that show, JAG, which was a long time running show. And then of course, obviously you've branched out into so many different things. So talk about that from your perspective, how you got in, what you learned, and where do you think it's going now for musicians? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean, it's, it's coincidences too, sometimes how these things happen. And it's just by doing your thing and being around people and playing and gigging and talking and yeah. hanging out. All that. So there's really no, I don't know if there's any really rules that the rules are, again, do something. <laughs> and that's make the music and learn everything that you can about it. And then talk to people, ask questions, and contact people. And that's what I say. And I think it's changing now. It was a little more on a personal level before when it came to the sync. When I started, I could 
call up the head of CBS, whatever, and say, what do you guys need for this and that? It was more on that kind of a level. Now it's, I feel that it's not so much the musician straight to the, to the production like that. That's kind of, there's more of a publishing company. There's always been publishing companies, but I think it's even more now, those kinds of things. That's changing. That's for sure. It's important who represents you. I think that's important, obviously, very important. And also, it has changed in that not all the productions are in LA anymore. Pearl is a big place, and because of Netflix and Amazon and all these other things, there is productions being made in every country. And there have always been productions in all different countries, but even more so now it's global in a different way. So you might want to be in another country with your friends, right. South America. You might want to need somebody representing you in Japan, you know, that kind of a thing to have some of your songs there, see if they can be used there. Those types of things. That could happen through a bigger publisher if you had a worldwide deal or whatever, but you can also have different people for different territories. So there's a few different ways to go about that. But it's definitely a crowded, more crowded place now than it was when I started it. That's for sure. Yes. That is for sure. So how do you stand out? How do you maintain standing out and continuing to build your collection? Like I said, your body. You stay humble. That's number one, I think, with people and always try to be cool. (laughs) Try to be cool. And then I think that's, and then it's all, it's about relationships too. It is not everything is on a personal level when I say about sync, but it's also about relationship and personal friendships. A lot. So you just want to keep those up. And I think that goes automatically if you're just around and you build that, I think. And, and, but it's important to be, I think, humble. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, it's great advice. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You you mentioned representation. So how does somebody, because like you said, it's a more crowded space nowadays. How does somebody go about seeking representation in today's climate of the industry? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just have to search it out. And who, if I just made a batch of rock songs, who is working with rock music? Who is or who is working with hip hop, who would be interested? Or who do I want to work with? Turn it around too. And if you don't ask, you don't get. So you got it. People don't, you, the problem a lot of times is that people don't know that you you exist. I think that's still the problem, actually. A lot of times it's like people don't know that you're around. You just have to do your research and search and you can contact people cold. Yeah, It's great to get a referral from somebody Somebody that's working with somebody already and they give, give me a referral, but you can also go in cold and present yourself in a pro manner, obviously. And you, but you got to be able to follow it up. You got to have something to show them too. So if you're going to approach, obviously, somebody, you got to have X amount of songs or whatever it is you're going for that's done. So you have something to show, obviously. So sometimes I get emails or things from singers and things like that. I want to sing, but they haven't, they don't have anything to show. Mm. So am I going to bring in a singer that I never heard? No, do something, make it the best. You can always, you can only do so much. Uh, You can only do what you can do, but make a recording, some kind of recording. We'll just start with something and then you can better that recording or whatever. You got to show something. We all did. And if you don't take initiative, nobody's going to take initiative for you. You have to take that first step. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Now, just just off the top of your head, do you have an idea of how many songs are in your catalog to date, roughly? Like a little over a thousand. Okay. No, no. So I always. So it's, not, it's not that. It's, yeah. It's a, I've been taking it slower the last couple of years because I was pounding so hard for a long time, and I've been kind of just revisiting some songs and some mixes that I never were happy with and things like that. But it's a little over a thousand, and yeah, give or take, but it's over a thousand for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because I always tell people that they ask about licensing and how I've really been able to leverage that to my advantage. And I always say it's like a numbers game, although there's a fine line because it's not quantity over quality. Quality still has to come first. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, you can license things on the back end, especially using libraries and whatnot to create this passive income. And that is very similar to the penny stocks, right? It's, it's not, it takes a lot of little pieces to add up. But when you look at the end of that statement from your PRO, oh, wow, it's significant, right? Yeah. I mean, goal for me when it comes to all those songs is for every song to generate something. And some, sometimes a sync fee can be a lot of money. Yeah. It has, I think it has gone down a little bit. It has gone down in the last few years, but there's still big things. And uh, so it's never going to be the same. The deals are going to be different. As long as it's fair, it's okay. That's what I look for when I look for a new publisher somewhere or whatever. Like, it has to be fair. If, you want to, if you're going to take everything that I own, then I'm not interested. But as long as we're fair, we can build a long-term relationship and it's great. We're cool. So my goal to have each song generate something when it comes to that. And yes, all those songs I hope have some kind of quality and that's what I was going for. I was trying to make them as good as I could at that moment. And then you finish it and then you do the next one and then the next one. That's also why I'm doing making music and trying to make something the best that I can every time. Definitely. But then you got to let it go and you got to move on to the next. Don't, you can't get, you know, can't, I can't work on one, the same song for a year. I think that that we redo it. And re you can do that. You can make a remix. That's a different thing. You can take a song and make a new version of it and chop it up and change the tempo and make another groove. I love doing that. But you have to finish it and then move on to the next one. But yes, you can revisit it a couple of times. And does it sound great? tomorrow or in the next couple of days. Do I need to go back and change something? Maybe I'll do that once or twice and then I'm done. And so, yeah, so that's definitely the goal when it comes to that. And then now I'm just kind of like going by intuition. Right now I'm revisiting some mixes, some songs actually, that we did about 10 years ago. And it's a rock, funky vein. And I was never happy with the mixes. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to the performances. And they're so great that I want to spend the time to mix them correctly. So it's about 20, I would say it's like 50, maybe 20 songs and uh, great players and amazing players, people on there. I have, let's see, it's uh, Greg Hampton. He's a producer, guitar player. He's in charge of Tommy Bowler and uh, recordings and he produced Alice Cooper and, yeah. and a bunch of people. Uh, and then I have is he with the cure now. He's a member and he was with Debbie Bowie earlier years of like incredible just musician and human being. And then I have Rod Jackson uh, from uh, Slash Snake Pit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable singer. 
And then we had I had, we had Paul Ill on bass, Pink, Christina Aguilera, James Blunt, Courtney Love, Tina Turner. So that's the group. And we had a record called Razorball. And but now I'm revisiting that whole record and I'm making it, it's going to be a whole other thing. So I just love the performances. And it was a thing that we did, a product that we did. And let's really, let's see, let's rework it. So that's yeah, what I'm doing right now, actually. And I'm working on working with another, actually, a younger artist here out here. I'm, I live in Palm Desert right now, which is two hours east of L.A., Palm Springs, Palm Desert, it's next to each other. So I've been recording this uh, local artist here, great artist, a uh, younger guy that plays all the instruments and sings himself, three or four songs with him. And I'm playing drums on a song for a local band here. So I'm going to do today, I think. Nice. <laughs> so I'm so rusty, but I used to, and uh, I kind of have started to play a little bit again. And But then I got a flu, had a flu the last 10 days. And today's the first day that I'm okay. Oh, wow. So I've been kind of <laughs> been waiting until I'm okay to, to do that physical, right? So I'm going to see if I get on and do that today. And yeah, and then we'll see what's next. Hey, folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. That's awesome. So you talk about your home studio and how you always really enjoyed working from home. Tell us a little bit about your rig. What kind of a setup do you have? What's your favorite DAW and all that stuff? Hey, Logic is my choice. What he showed me an early version, Jeremy Jeremiah, this French producer, it was in the year 2000, I believe. And he was using Logic. And I was doing a drum session playing D drums. Uh-huh. electronic drums yeah with a red sampler you know, still remember. using those i'm gonna play uh, some use be a today big fucking drum the samples to trigger that DD. and then i'm using a bunch of milli plugins waves and universal audio spectrosonic style and uh, what is it atmosphere that kind of stuff but i mean it's a bunch of different things in there and then i have a nord lead synth it's an old Norley 2, I think, which is great. Still use that. Got some tube preamps. What is it? I think it's TL Audio, Tony Larkin. I've been using those forever. Great. I think I've recorded everything through those. I got four channels of those. Got some DPX compressors. And But I mix in the box. I've always mixed in the box. I love that. And I'm using those controllers. So you can use the faders and instead of using the mouse. So I go between the faders and the mouse and the controllers for the, also for the plugins to do rides and things like that. Yeah. But I love the, uh, to mix in the box, but then sometimes I would master analog. Mm-hmm. So somebody would master analog. Or when I'm recording something in, it's going to go through these boxes of 
preamps or tubes or whatever. So I feel that's a really good way to go. And then the way that you can manipulate things now, it isn't an issue anymore. It was a few years ago. People were talking about it. And it was, I never felt it was an issue. I was just, let's just be creative with this and see what we can do with this. That's what's exciting. And I grew up with the big boards and I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love that. And, and all these things. And it's great. But sometimes these things can, depending on how you work, it can slow you down too. The more gear you have sometimes slows you down. There's many options. Too many. Uh, yes. Uh, so you could, you, even with the plugins, the, uh, how many, yes. uh, have I used all the plugins that I have yet on my thousand songs? No. No. Hell no. And it's it's mind-blowing, and we love that. And that's also can also trigger new songs and ideas. Let me see what this synth does, or let me see what this thing does. And, and that can trigger ideas sometimes, and it can be something cool in a groove or whatever that I'm working on. So I tend to or try to figure things out while I'm doing, when I'm, while I'm making something, too. Sometimes if I wrote something, and then I'm going to put some sounds on there or whatever, I might explore plugging at the same time and whoa that's cool let me use that and let me chop it up and turn it around and whatever i'm doing so that's one way of doing it but the equipment is important to a certain degree but not really it's important and that's exactly my point we have, <clears throat> excuse me we have a course here called pro level sessions from home people that you can actually produce pro quality stuff from home and it doesn't have to cost you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. And it's all about how you use the gear and your experience with it. Yeah, and it's amazing because the greater the musician, it seems like there is no rules. That's what I found when I have when I yeah. work with these people. And when I have when I'm fortunate enough to work with these people that I have at some point. It's and I, I ask, okay, like I had Laura a couple of times. You oh. came and played bass, right? It's incredible and it's great. Amazing. I kind of, I asked him, what, how do you want to do this? And how are we going to, and he said, just do it the way that you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then he, he asked me, what should I bring? And I said, just bring this and that, then we'll be fine. And there was no, are we going to go directly with a mic, the cabinet? That we, I said, just do your thing. The vibe is important, the player is important, and the song idea is important. And sound is important and gear is important, obviously, to a certain degree. But then there is no there are no rules there either. So do I need the la the latest version of everything? Not really. It's great to I love exploring all these things, but you don't it doesn't matter what version door you're on and it doesn't matter what controller you have and it matters what kind of speakers you have. It, you can make something great with very little gear. That's how I see it. And the mic can be a hundred dollar vocal mic. It's gonna it doesn't matter, but it doesn't really matter. You can make something great with that. Yeah. I love that, man. That's awesome. Hey, so to wrap this up, you know, something again that is really important to us here at the Korean musician is sustainability. Because a lot of musicians, you say, oh, I did this great gig, or I got this one song placed in this TV show. But how to create sustainability for the long run is the key. How have you done that for yourself? 
don't be, don't get too comfortable. <laughs> I love that. I live by the same premise. <laughs> don't get too comfortable. Don't, you can say no to certain things. You really can. But I try to just move on. And when it comes to being creative, still be you thirsty to be creative. It's not like I can turn it on and off either, but I am. And thank God I am. But so I'm just, I'm just moving it forward. That's what I'm that's what I'm doing. And I'm open for new ideas and new things and new people. And I'm open for new projects, of course. And so uh, that's the key. That's the key being you know? open. Yeah, keep learning too. Yeah. Nobody knows everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that it is. And that's how exploring is cool things happen a lot of times. And yeah, follow your intuition. Yeah. That's it. I love that, man. So great words of wisdom. Big Sweet, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And actually, I can't wait to work together because I have some ideas on some things that okay. we collaborate on. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. And everybody can find you at your website and your handle. Yeah, it's bigsweetstudios.com. That's my website. And then it links to Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Spotify, and YouTube, and all that. Thank you so much, brother. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.